My friends, today I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Did you ever try to describe what God is like? Or to describe what the life of Jesus meant? How do you do that? Do you state some facts? Do you state history? Do you make an argument? Or do you do what the Gospel of John did and simply sing? That is how the Gospel of John opens, with an ancient hymn. I once heard the great Presbyterian preacher Robert Cleveland Holland, at whose church I was a singer, compare this sort of scripture to Robert Frost's poem that describes the fog coming in on little cat feet. That description says nothing about fog coming from dew points and relative humidity, but everything about what the experience of fog is like. The poetry of this gospel's hymn is emotional more than definitional, but it conveys that humanity and eternity have encountered something immense. And that feeling is like stopping to look at a star. It's a, well, you look at that moment in scripture. The gospel of John's lyrics are truly mystical. They are rhythmic in cadence and in content. They move us back and forth in time. From the time before creation to eternity, from darkness to light, from prophecy to history. The Gospels Greek is simple, direct, and majestic. The first sentence that starts with, in the beginning was the word, is, an arche hen hologos, kai hologos, hen pros ton theon, kai theos, hen hologos. I had always read it in that majestic sense, but until I learned it was a hymn, it had never occurred to me to sing it. En arche en hologos. It is arguably the most beautiful text in the New Testament. Now, Christmas Eve was three days ago. And in those few days, our electionary has taken us from Luke's helpless infant in a manger, surrounded by animals, his parents, and some shepherds, to today's readings with more cosmic meanings, the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy, liberation in the spirit, and our gospel's beautiful commanding poem places Jesus in the ark of eternity forever pre-existent and existent with God, touching us in the moment of his humanity. While this sudden trajectory can cause some biblical whiplash, it's worth it, for the gospel's opening transports us 
from this baby in a manger, the mystery of the Messiah born to Palestinian peasants surrounded by animals, to a greater mystery, to a very large highway sign for all of earth and all of humanity and all of time that says, God slept here. The light has come into the darkness of time and God slept here on earth because Jesus was with God and Jesus, the word, was God. And perhaps that is why this is in our lectionary on this day. It is the winter solstice of history. When the days don't seem so long and they no longer seem so dark. It heralds that we are not alone and never have been alone and never will be alone. Simply put, we are moving from the story of Jesus' birth to the meaning of Jesus' birth. The Gospel of John was written after the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem in the context of a Jewish Christian community called the Yohanin community by scholars. This community was in conflict with their synagogue and the divorce that was in progress was not amicable. Things had degenerated to the point where litmus tests were applied. If you worshiped in the synagogue, you had to curse Christians in the synagogue, which meant that you either had to become a crypto-Christian worshiping in the synagogue or a Christian separate from the synagogue. The synagogue restrictions created a division between crypto-Christians and confessing Christians. Baptism became the instrument of Christian confession and a boundary that defined the community. The Gospel of John, sadly, defines Christians by their difference. It emphasizes the nature of John the Baptist's baptism in the River Jordan, itself an act of liberation, placing divine transaction outside the temple and in the river that was crossed to reach Israel's promised land. This was a time when for the early Christian community, the days were seeming shorter and the days were growing darker as the divisions between Judaism and John's community widened and the Roman persecutions loomed. It was this painful moment in history that spawned this spiritual gospel, this beautiful, profound hymn that proclaims the goodness and holiness of creation and that the human world's response to that holiness has been to turn away from it. I think that we can find some parallels between the Yohanin community two millennia ago and our own times. We are certainly a divided people. Society is rife with systemic and institutional oppressions and the world suffers under viral oppression. We have a lot of uncertainty in these days and there has been much sadness and much loss. 
turning toward the holiness of creation and the light of goodness does not seem to be everyone's first instinct. But what Isaiah and Luke and Paul and John tell us is that the God who gathers the exiles of Israel and heals the brokenhearted, who counts the number of the stars and calls them all by their names, who disarms us with the story of a mangered infant who grew up and lived and walked and suffered with and for us and prayed to Abba, Father, as do we, and sustains us by the ever-present word of God, who through grace upon grace brings light to our darkness and hope to eternity. Amen.